who may not, to the world's standards, look like they ought to be in church today. They might not look like they should be here, but they are. And there's a reason why. is because salvation, salvation. I once was a blind man or blind woman. I couldn't see, and I was so blinded by my own sin. But salvation, He opened my eyes. He opened my eyes. Praise God, praise God, praise God. We want to welcome you here today to Covenant Church. If this is your first time here today joining us in person or online, uh, if you're here in person, we have a room directly to our right that we open up immediately after service and like to talk to people and just visit with people and tell you about the next steps and things that are going on. Uh, look in your gift bags. So you can see what's going on. Lots of things going on at Covenant Church. I'm not going to belabor that. I'll just move past that. But just look because if you seek, you shall find. And there is plenty to find here at Covenant Church. Join us over here. Meet some of our leaders and uh, find out about what the next steps are for you because we immediately can put people to work. I saw someone out today greeting and I'm like, wow, going right to work. She said, I jump in with both feet. Both feet. I'm ready to work. We don't come here to sit we came here to worship, praise, and work. Amen. Hallelujah. Today we have several baptisms going on. I, I want to say we're baptizing how many? Seven or so? Six, six people. We're baptizing people every service, every service. Praise God. All glory to God. I, I would ask for those that are getting baptized, just wait until we uh, the altar call. We, we try to make, we're going to try to streamline this a little bit better. We've kind of been just doing whatever, and there's been a lot of getting up and moving right at the end of service, so if you would, those that are in charge of that and those that are getting baptized, if you would just wait until uh, we pray and give the altar call, and then uh, just feel free to move. Whenever, basically, when everybody's moving, you move. And uh, men, you can go on this side over here, women, this side over here, and uh, if you ever see men or women going in the wrong door, don't worry, because there are separate dressing rooms once they go in there, and so uh, if you're ever wondering, well, I'm pretty sure he said men go that way, and I just saw a lady walk in there. Not to worry. There's another door and room uh, to go in there and change, and so that's how that's going to work this morning. Also, um, the youth. Here's, we're going to do a little change here in our sanctuary. We've got a lot of people. I want to just kind of give you what I'm feeling here in my heart is everything that we do is for the glory of God and for also for the protection of the saints, protection of our family and our and our family, our church body. My own boys, as they were growing up, I was very protective. I'm sure they thought I was overprotective at times. But I had eyes on them because I'm a firm believer that if you can't see your children, you can't save your children. And that you just need to learn that when parents, if you've got young children, just get that in your in your head. Let that be a mantra. I can't see my children. I can't save my children. So we're making just a little bit of a change here at Covenant Church. Our ushers are going to be doing some ushering. Uh, unless you're with your parents, we're asking that none of the youth or kids sit in the back wings. And I look at this like this. I watch, you've seen National Geographic. You've seen the, the stories and you've seen the documentaries of how the enemy is out there. The lion is out there and he's looking for the wildebeest and he's looking for the easy prey and I look at how they operate in the in the natural where those mama bears and those mamas and daddies they start kind of coming around and they're putting them towards the center and they're watching them and they're looking out and they're they're keeping an eye out so if you're a youth in here today and I spoke to some of them this past Wednesday night, and I really feel like they felt my heart. But I'm telling you what, 
know my heart. My heart and our heart is we love you so much that we want to keep you and protect you and watch over you. Of course, it's a tough age. 15 to 18 years old, that's the time when they're saying, I don't want you to watch me. I don't want you to touch me. I want to get out there and do the fight. I want to be in the fight. I want to be out on the edge. I want to live life on the edge. So it's a little bit of a struggle there, but you know what? We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We love our, do we love our youth here at Covenant Church? If you're between the ages of uh, 14, well, let's just go down to 13. If you're a youth up to about 18 years old, would you please stand and let us just see your lovely, beautiful face? Joanne, honey, of course, you're going to stand up. Hey, can we, can, can we just applaud them for, listen, they need a little boost. They need a boost of love. Amen? Hallelujah. You can be seated. Thank you all for standing up. Listen, they need a shot in the arm. You have no idea what they go through. They're facing temptations that you never had to face. They're facing persecution. They're facing just awful things day in and day out. And until we have Covenant School going, there's going to be a, a group of these that have to go out there and just battle the enemy in the school. And uh, we pray for them. We lift them up in prayer. I want you all to know that we lift you up in prayer. Church, pray for our youth. It's our, it's, our, it's our future. It's our future. Amen? Why don't we just pray right now? Father, we bless your name today. We thank you, mighty God. We thank you, Lord, heaven of, heaven of, God of heaven and earth. We bless your name. We thank you for all of your blessings. We thank you, Lord, for our good health. We thank you, Lord, for our families. We ask, God, that you would continue to move in this place. Let your anointing fall in this place, Lord. Anoint my lips, Lord, as I speak your word and your truth. Lord, we receive your word today. Open up our hearts. We open up our hearts to you. We bless your mighty name, and we give you thanks, God. And we say all glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. If you would, uh, turn with me to the book of Esther, and I want to preach to you from the book of Esther today, chapter 9. And there's going to be a little bit of reading today, but just stand by because, you know, we've got to be sure that we are rooted and grounded in the Word of God. A sermon cannot be a sermon unless it starts right here. We... As preachers and ministers, you, you add things and you talk about things and you elaborate on things. But it all comes back to this, the Word of God. And I will tell you this, be careful who you, your influences are and be careful who you call an influencer in your life. Be careful who you just listen to and don't research. There's many things that you can listen to online. As you listen to those things online... Take your Bible, open it up, and see that it compares and lines up with the Word of God. Amen? That, that's truth. That's truth. Amen, amen. Let's go to Esther chapter 9. I want to read verses 1 through 2. <clears throat> On the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, the edict commanded by the king was to be carried out. On this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them. But now the tables were turned. Everybody say, the tables were turned. All right. And the Jews got the upper hand over those who hated them. 
Verse 2, the Jews assembled in their cities and all the provinces of King Xerxes to attack those seeking their destruction. No one could stand against them. The tables were turned and no one could stand against them. I came today to, to deliver a word of power, encouragement, stamina, fortitude. Just keep on going with the descriptive terms. I am fired up for the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's go to verse 23 of the same chapter. So the Jews agreed to continue the celebration they had begun doing what Mordecai had written to them. For Haman, this is after the victory, for Haman, son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to destroy them and had cast the poor. I know that looks like pure. I thought it was pure. But believe me, we have researched it and looked at it and heard the YouTube pronunciations. That's poor. That is the lot for their ruin and destruction. But when the plot came to the king's attention. See, I'm getting already worked up and excited about this because I know what's on page four all in highlight yellow. And I'm like, I just want to just go right there, right now, and just have the altar call. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I bless your name. Lord, I, I am honored by your presence. Thank you, Jesus. I love you guys so much. God has shown me great grace and love. And uh, I'm just humbled by the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know where that came from. Mm. But when the plot came to the king's attention, he issued written orders that the evil scheme... I'm telling you, I just know where we're going with this. Some of you are here today and you've, there's an evil scheme. There's a plot. There is something. You feel like, oh, God has got better plans. Our youth that is in here today, I'm telling you what, this talk that I had with them Wednesday night, it fired me up because I know that the enemy has got a plot and a scheme and he's coming against them right now at seven, eight years old. They're getting hit. They're getting bombarded. Somebody's in the pew right now saying, man, are we going to get through this text or what? <laughs> but when the plot came to the king's attention, he, he issued written orders that the evil scheme Haman had devised against the Jews should come back onto his own head and that he and his son should be hanged on the gallows. Amen. 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 I want to stop right there. I want to speak to you today on this title today of change of plans. Change of plans. Devil, what you had planned for me. The, excuse me. Let me put you on notice today. There is a change of plans. What you had, it's past tense, had for me. So I want to just talk to you just a few minutes. I want to give you just a brief rundown of what happened on a Wednesday night here at Covenant Church. And I, I spoke to our youth, and this was a heart-to-heart -heart with me to them and I know when they walked into the room there was probably just a little bit of a sense of like oh, okay we <clears throat> we're going going to get they're going to get on to us oh they call oh, they call in the big dog 
The youth leader, why are we, why are you in, oh, I know why we're in here. I know. <laughs> here we go. So the youth leader wasn't there. The youth leader assistant wasn't there. And they're in this room. And here comes Jeremy walking in. Oh, I guess, I guess he's fixing to hammer on us. I guess he's fixing to beat, beat us down a little bit. Just, just beat us up with his words. No, that's not how God treated me. And that's not how God is going to treat you. Listen, we all falter and fail. But I'm going to tell you what. The first thing we're doing is we're, we're saying, hey, guys, I just want you to know I love you very much. And I've been where you're at. And I'm telling you right now, God has got a plan for you. The devil's got a plan. They both got plans. They both got plans. But I'm going to tell you what. Greater is he. Greater is he that is in you. And I believe that our youth have given their heart to the Lord. And they have the spirit of God in them. And they want to do right. And they are willing. But there is an a plan, there is a scheme, there is something that is pulling on them. Today, I will mention the youth. I will mention the younger ones. But I'm telling you what, it does not stop. You do not reach spiritual retirement where you're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize this, but I have reached my spiritual retirement now. And uh, does anybody just want to throw out a number when you think that age, when that hits? Because whatever you throw out is going to be wrong. I thought, you know, surely 40 years old, okay. The devil's going to just ease up. He's going to kind of get off the gas pedal. It's almost like at 40 years old, the devil was over there like just midlife crisis. What have I missed out on in life? The devil's just putting stuff in your ear. Maybe you should. Maybe you ought to. Hey, what about, did you think? Did you think? What about, have you thought about? Have you thought about? No, no, no. I was behind a, uh, a gentleman I assume it was a gentleman. It pro- here in East Texas, it probably was a, a good old country girl. But I'm going to just tell you what. It was a loud truck last night. And we left the red light in Rusk. Yeah, if you watch it online, we have a red light in Rusk. It's amazing how God is moving here at Covenant Church. We've got a small town, but a full church. Praise God. So I was leaving the light headed south and this truck takes off and I don't think it had one bit of exhaust on it. It was just super loud and it was just, whoop, just, just hammered down, glass packs, whatever, I don't know what you call it, but wide open. And there were parts of our journey from there down south towards, I turn, I turn off about a mile down there on the left and um, as he was coasting, she, I'll just say, I like to say she, as she was coasting, she would just, just, whoop, just just goosing it and gassing it. And um, I begin to think, wow, this person is really, really excited about their loud truck. Probably a young, young person. I have no idea why I was going there with that, but I'll tell you what. Um, Just know this, our youth, they, they are drawn to what is fun. And uh, we're looking out for you, we're looking out for you. Amen. All right, so as I begin to meet with our youth, uh, I begin to say, listen, I've been where you're at, I know where you're at, and I begin to relate to them, and it was a lot of love that was spoken. And what, here's how I started at the meeting, I said, look, youth, 
Let's just talk about, we know there's a problem. We know that something happened last Sunday. Let's forget about that. It's over. I forgive you. Everybody forgives you. Let's move on. Now let's get to the root of the problem. So I said, I've got a whiteboard here. I want to talk to you today, and I want just you just begin to speak out one at a time. I want everybody to say something here in this room. There was like 12 to 15 of them. And I said, I want you to tell me the label that you feel like has been put on you by friends, family, the world. And so the first one I asked her, I said, what do you think, what is the label that you feel like is, is on you? And she, and she said, just one word description, dumb. I said, okay. I wrote down dumb. I go to the next one. I said, what, what do you feel like? I mean, just tell me how you feel. Tell me how you feel. I'm kind of smiling, you know, and slow. Okay. Stupid. Loser. Hothead. And we went through the whole classroom and I began to get a little overcome with some emotion like I really wasn't expecting that. I thought that there would be a few that would say, well, energetic, loving, happy-go-lucky. Every descriptive term that was written was negative. And so we wrote, I wrote them all down, and if they said the same thing twice, I just had wrote it one time. I said, well, we've already said that. It's written down. And I said, do you all realize something? I said, I did not tell you what to say. You said what you said because you believe it. I did not say, I need you to tell me the negative side of you. And I'm telling you, there's somebody here today. There's somebody's here today that you have a label that has been put on you maybe from the time you were seven or eight years old and your whole life you've just believed that I'm dumb. I'm lost. I'm a loser. I'm slow. I'm the worst of the worst. I'm the black sheep of the family. I just can't get it right. I am the one who's always going to be the problem, and I will never, ever get it right. So just go ahead and write that beside my name. Perpetually messed up, jacked up. As we say around here, tore up from the floor up. You know, it would have been funny if somebody would have said that downstairs in that little room. One of the youth would have said, tore up from the floor up. I would have had to have laughed. We say that all the time here. No positive terms. And I asked them, I said, when? It was okay. Everything that they said, it was embraced. I was like, okay, I love you. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to get past that. We cannot say continually better. A church full of comeback stories. I was looking on our card here, and I, I don't know that it says it on that card, but we, we've got shirts that are in our cafe that says continually better. It says it on our hats. I've got it here on a wristband and just a church full of comebacks. We cannot have that as a mantra around here without saying, hey, 16-year-old, hey, Mr. 18, Mrs. 18-year-old, we love you and we don't want you to be a loser. We don't want you to feel like you're dumb or slow or a hothead or you're lost. We're going to put you into the middle and we are going to protect you. And if you're here today and you're not a youth, you're like, I'm not a youth. I'm 65 years old, but I really feel like I'm still lost. I really feel like a loser at 50 years old. Still to this day, my whole life, I've got a front up. My family thinks I'm fine. My family feels like I'm saved, but I know I'm not saved. And you can't sing the song, the, the old timey song where we would say, I'm saved and I'm so glad about it. 
I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved and I'm so glad about it. I used to sing that song knowing, knowing I was lost. I just guess I was just lying in church, singing a song, and while I'm singing, I'm lying. I know. I should have just been honest. I know I'm lost and I'm not really too excited about it. If, you're gonna, if we ever sing that song and you feel just prompted to sing those words where you say, I know I'm lost and I'm not really so excited about it, that's okay. As you're singing it, just make your way to the altar. Just make your way to the altar. And as we get up here, we'll oh, he's, he's singing, I'm lost. He's changed the, the verse. <laughs> Let's pray for him. I'm telling you, God's spirit is being poured out in our worship service. I know my wife already mentioned it, but Mike Ramsey, praise God for a move of the Holy Ghost just falling on this man last service. Listen. You don't have to be up here in the front for God to fall on you. Wherever you're at today, when this altar call is given, I want you to have a moment of response. I want to just go ahead and touch on this. I don't want Covenant Church to have a culture that is kind of built in and building and a culture of walk out when God walks in. When he walks in, don't walk out. If you want to make a shirt out of that, go ahead. But I tell you what, we need to believe that. We pray, God, move in this place. We need a move of God. I need your spirit. Altar call. See ya. Time to have a response to the, to, to the presence of God. Time to raise my hands. Time to bow, bow my, on my knees. Kneel down to, to submit myself, to show some surrender to God. Not so much this Sunday, maybe next Sunday. When you give him everything, he will give you everything. So I said, when did this attack come upon you? Because I want to know. I have a number in my head. They can tell you. I said this. I said, I have a number in my head of when I feel like the enemy came against me. And I said, well, what about you? She said, about nine years old. That's younger than me. That's younger than when I got hit. What about you? About 10 or 11. There was a lot of 9, 10, 11s. I would say the average age that the youth spoke up in that room where they felt like, I've just been hit out of the blue. I have no idea what's going on. I'm just trying to be a happy-go-lucky kid. All I'm thinking about is Valentine's Day, Christmas, Thanksgiving. You know how, y'all remember how we used to live our lives like that? We live from holiday to holiday. Christmas is over. What's next? <laughs> Man, I remember right around Halloween time, we were like, oh, yeah, we got candy. Oh, yeah, we got Thanksgiving coming up, and boom, Christmas. It's like the best time of the year. I mean, there's a song about that. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And I remember living my life just so unaware of sin and not really even feeling the, the temptation of sin and being so innocent. But then here comes the enemy, the devil. And as a young child, as a young adult, as a young teenager, you know they're thinking, just like you were thinking and just like I was thinking, why? Why are you, I'm minding my own business. I'm just a kid trying to have fun, riding my bike, trying to ride a wheelie, trying to do some things, and just being a kid. And you come after me. 
Why are you coming after me at 12 years old? The devil has a plot and a scheme and a plan. And I will tell you, the devil comes after our children like there are some in this world come after our children and they are very subtle. They are very subtle in the way that they do this. And I believe the term that they use for the ones are, you know, just actual people coming after our children, they do something called grooming. They groom that child so that when the time is right, when they are secluded, when they're separated from the group and they're by themselves, they have groomed them and groomed them to where then they make their play, then the plot comes to fruition, then the plan comes to fruition, and then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa hey, whoa, I, what, what is going on? What happened? How did I get here? There's an adult. There's a man in here. There's a woman in here today. And you're saying, I don't even know how I got here, Pastor. I don't have any idea how I got here. But I'm here and I'm lost. And I'm not so excited about it. I'm lost. I know I'm lost. I'm not excited about it. There was a time, though, in your life, in my life, when I was like, I know I'm lost. And I don't even really care about it. Matter of fact, I'm going to tap my foot a little bit. I know I'm lost. I don't care. God and the Spirit of God and the prayers that have been prayed over you Time and time and time. You, don't, you also don't know this. I don't know why I'm here at Covenant Church. Didn't really want to come to church today. Not really interested in, in praise and worship. But you're here and maybe you're asking yourself, why am I here today? God has a plan as well. The devil has been scheming and planning, but God has been planning and he knows your future. He knows, the Bible says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to be successful and be a conqueror. Amen? Amen. It's no mistake he's after our children because our children have a future and he knows what they are capable of. And he knows, even though you're not a child today, he knows that you are still capable of greatness so look at somebody today and say i've got greatness in me i've got great take a little praise break right now and say i've got some greatness in me i've got some greatness in me now what i need you to do now is i need you to believe that you do have greatness in you so let's do it again i have some greatness in me yes i do Yes, you have greatness in you. Now, some of us here today, we don't believe that we have greatness in us. We're saying it. The words just came off your lips. You said it to your neighbor. And while you were saying it, you were lying in church. It's okay. Because you don't believe it. You don't believe it. You feel like, I don't have greatness in me. But I have greatness in me. No, I don't. Self is saying to self, I don't have greatness. I have greatness in me. I don't have greatness. I'm more than a conqueror. No, I'm not. Really not. The devil 
is coming against you so strong and the enemy is coming against you so strong because he believes it and he has more faith in you than you have in your own self. He believes it more than you do. He knows that you have greatness, therefore he comes against you. He comes against you hard and fast and persistently. Is he persistent? Can I? Yes, he's persistent. He's not going to let up. But I'm here to declare, devil, there has been a change of plans. There has been a change of plans. There has been a change of plans. Change of plans. Change of plans. We refuse to throw up our hands and say, that's just our lot. That is just our lot. Three things I want to talk to you about today. Lots and plots and taking shots. <laughs> Don't get confused on the last one. For those of you that need to go to celebrate recovery... Do not get hung up on the last topic, taking shots. We throw the right, we throw the left. I don't even really like to throw fake punches at the devil. You know what? There's probably a message in that. Some of us, we want to fight the devil, but we fake the right. We fake the left. We fake the right. We fake the left. You know, if I'm a boxing coach and I need you to fight the enemy... What am I going to I'm going to be over there in the corner saying, would you please actually throw a punch and quit throwing these fake jabs. Quit bobbing and weaving, bobbing and weaving. Fake, fake, fake all along. Your nose is getting busted. Your eyes are getting dotted. I mean, you're just getting beat up. And your coach is over here. Your pastor's over here. God is saying, throw the punch already my goodness are you kidding me are you kidding me we have been training we've been coming to church we've been doing everything we need to do we've been going to celebrate recovery Wednesday night Sunday morning praying calling people texting people encouraging each other throwing punch just faking faking jabs faking jabs backpedaling faking jabs faking stop plant your feet on the word of God and set your feet and get in an athletic, spiritually athletic stance. Lock in. Ball your fist up. You're saying it today. This is what we're saying today. I'm balling my fist up and I am fixing to ever love, just knock the ever loving snot out of the devil. Have you ever been mad enough, ladies? Have you ever been mad enough, men? And you say, I'm not a fighter, I don't fight. I will tell you, little heads up, if you're ever in this situation, if you see somebody who is always chill, they're always calm, you never even see them frown, and all of a sudden, you look down at their right hand, it's balled up and it's shaking like this right here, and their neck starts getting, they're getting their head's going to get red, but it starts down here in their neck, and all of a sudden, their neck's red, and then it's coming up. It's, let me tell you what that is. That's a thermometer. Y'all seen how a thermometer works? The red, it comes up. It's coming up from that bulb down the bottom. And when, that, when, when the face finally gets red, that's when it ain't no more fake punches, devil. I need a covenant church family to get mad enough for our, your sake, your children's sake, your wife's sake. Come on, church body. I need a hand shaking. 
And when I think about this hand, I'm thinking about you're getting in tune with the Spirit. You're touched with God. And them hands start to shake. You're like, whoa, I'm feeling something. I am feeling the presence of God. And I am ready to just, bam, just knock the devil out. But you have to let your, don't fight it. Don't, don't subdue that. The, you, the devil is a filthy, lousy loser. He has destroyed your family. He's taken your husbands. He's taken your wives. He's trying to take your children right now. So it's okay. I give you full permission. God gives you full permission to be hating the devil. Oh, the Bible says not to hate. Hate the devil. Hate the devil. Jason Ray says this when we meet, when the men meet. He says, Lord, help me to hate the things you hate and love the things you love. You get what you get when you do what you do. Remember that. I want to go back to Esther. Chapter 3. Let's go back. We're going to backpedal. Verses 5 through 7. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay honor, he was enraged. Yet having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. In the twelfth year of King Xerxes, in the first month, the month of Nisan, they cast the poor, that is the lot, in the presence of Haman to select a day and month. And the lot fell on the twelfth month, the, the month of Adar. In the context that it's used in here, I'm, I'm going to use the word lot a couple of different ways. But right here in the scripture, it's talking about a random draw, like a lottery. And the lot fell, the draw fell, where we were going to kill the Jews on the 12th month of Adar. And so they've, they've got a day now. They've got a day set. So just like the youth that came to me and they said, I don't know what happened. I don't even realize what happened. But they said, it's just like I just got attacked one day. And I remember where I was at. I remember where I was at when the devil attacked me. I, I distinctly remember the moment, the place, everything. The smell. The smell of the place. The look of the place. It's burned into my memory. But I'm going to tell you what. There is also, praise God, there is also some other time in my life where I can go and I can take you to a church, to an altar, to the exact place in the, on the altar, and I can tell you the day and the time where my Savior touched me in a way that was undeniably real. And the Holy Ghost that is a power to save and a power to set free moved on me in a mighty way. And I can tell you and take you to this place right here, right about right in here, where God said, it's, it's, it's time for a change of plans. It's, we're going to have a change of plans right here. And I'm going to tell you what, men, women, it doesn't matter who you are. You have got your, allow yourselves to be broken. You've got to allow yourselves to be fully broken before God. 
We have built our lives. We have built our lives and, our, and ourselves up in a way where it has been us. We are doing it. You can have the term that's been used a lot by men. I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made man. I went to school. I learned. I studied. I didn't go to school, but I went to a trade school. I learned. I'm doing good. Look at me. Look, I'm doing good. How, how, do, how do you know I'm doing good? Look at that boat out there. How am I doing good? Look at my house. Look at my cars. Look at what I got. Look at these clothes I'm wearing. Of course I'm doing good. I don't, want to, I, don't, I don't care what I'm seeing and looking at. I want to know how are you doing. I want to know how are you doing, young man, young woman. God is wanting to do a new work. It's tough being a pastor. It's tough being up here. Every Sunday, this is, this is my thought. God, give me something out of here. To say to them that touches their heart in a way where it doesn't run them away from God, but it just burns just enough. And I step on your toes just enough to where you don't say, I hate you for stepping on my toes. You say, hmm, thanks for that little nudge of encouragement. <laughs> I don't want you to feel a finger in your chest saying, I told you so. I want this. You, I want you to receive God's word and his wisdom like this. And I'm right beside you. You know, the Bible says for, to restore those that are lost and that have fallen into sin, to restore them gently. Covenant Church, we are a church that we want you to be restored and back to wholeness. And there is a fine line there. Sometimes, yes, you need a little spiritual slap followed by a hug. <laughs> You need a good old stomp on the toe followed by a little bit of a foot rub. Maybe we have a stomp on the toe sermon and we have a foot washing right afterwards. <laughs> Somebody right now just got freaked out. Foot washing? What are we doing? I'm out. Where is the exit? Read your Bible. Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And, and there's some, I guarantee you there's somebody here right now like, yeah, I know. I, uh -huh. I remember. I've been to a church that did that one time. Freaked me out. Freak me out. I actually was like, I got to go to the restroom, but I don't really have to go to the restroom. I think I, I told somebody my car was, was on fire or something. I, I, I don't know. I just whatever. I'm not washing another dude's feet. Can I be honest with y'all? I am a man. I am a red-blooded American hunter, firefighter. I like to just, I'm a man, okay? I eat steak. There's lots of times during the day that I stink. I'm a man. Oh, ah, yeah, I just want to growl. Oh. Okay, I remember as a youth, and they're like, oh, hallelujah, praise God. We're going to have a foot washing tonight. And I'm like, well, I don't know about y'all, but we's, uh, we, we's ain't going to be having no foot washing here. I'm out on the foot washing. I, am, no, I don't want to touch another man's foot. I don't want to put no soap, no water. I don't want to do anything. It's okay, Jaren. I can talk like that sometimes. Everybody understands. My son's over there just cringing because I said wheeze. <laughs> I like to talk to y'all sometimes like I talk to my family. Here's the thing. If I would have known that I needed, oh, heaven help me. I needed some humility. I was so prideful and arrogant. The reason that Jesus decided to wash the feet of his disciples is because it put, it, 
He didn't need humility. He, didn't, he was the best example ever for us. Sinless, spotless lamb, the greatest example ever to come to this world. Thank you, Jesus. We adore you and we praise you for your sacrifice. Amen. But he was the greatest example and leader and influencer of all time. And he goes down there not even needing a spiritual moment. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need humility. But he says, I'm going to do this and I'm going to show you that you need some humility. You need to let me touch your feet. Quit being weirded out. Quit being freaked out. I'm just showing you that I am humble enough that I will lower myself to the point where I will wash your feet. And you are surrounded by a group of people here today. If you are here in this place and sin is in your life and sin has overcome you and you think, I don't know where, what I'm going to do. I don't know how I got here. I'm lost and I'm not so glad about it. If you're here and that's you today, you are surrounded by a group of people that we will be down in the trenches with you. We will get down in the muck and the mire, not to join you in your sin, not, con not to condone your sin, but we will get down in there and we will put the spiritual winch on you and we will put it in four low and we will say, all right, just hang on. We're going to get out of this mess. We're going to get out of this mess called sin. Lock in and stay steady. Listen, some of you need to hook on to somebody here today. You need to get in some spiritual four low and you need to be ready to sling some mud and get out of that pit of sin that you're in. Man, if that's not an East Texas sermon, I don't know what is. Could have just likening sin to slinging mud and, and loud trucks. And Man, I tell you what, I've always said this. I love that I can relate to people. I'm relating to you. It's nasty. It stinks. You know you've been in a mud bog whenever you go to the driveway and you go out there and you're like, my, my truck stinks. That mud stinks. Yeah, and so does the sin that's all caked up all over you. It stinks. But the problem is you don't smell it. You're like the young dude who's like, I want to get my truck muddy. My son, we gave him a four-wheel drive vehicle when he turned 16 years old. Mud grips, everything. The first thing, I gave it to him, presented it clean. Tires, armor all. First thing he wants to do is wear some mud. Wear some mud. The devil has a plot, he has a scheme, and you've got young adults, you've got, you've got adults that are still, won't grow up, they've grown up, but they won't grow up in here, in here, and they're still trying, where's that stink, where's that mud, where can I find it, I got a little Yorkie dog who is ridiculous, we can wash him, clean him up, he goes outside, and you watch him, he runs out there, finds a mud puddle or some nasty old junk, and puts his backside down and just rolls in it. And he's just wiggling and rolling, and he gets it, and he's just flipping and twisting it fast, really furious like, and digging, and just like, he's getting it on him, he's like, and then he comes up to the door, let me in. <laughs> and my wife is like, I love you, but I am so tired. Don't go looking for it. When you walk out, today is going to be a great reset for somebody. Somebody's going to have a great cleansing experience and a good reset. Don't walk back out the door and look for the stink. Don't try to find something to roll into. I told those youth Wednesday night, I said, one of them I had, uh, I had smiled at. I was talking about how a smile can be contagious. And it's, let's just say you smile at somebody, and as you smile at somebody... 
It's, I'm watching a few. There are a few that are, it's like, like well, I'm going to give, I'll give you one back. <laughs> Try it. Walking down through the aisles at Walmart, Super One, wherever you're at, just smile at somebody. They'll, so here's, here's what happens. And it happened in that youth room downstairs. There were some that went. <laughs> they gave it right back to me. They're like, I'm like, hey, appreciate it. I gave you one. You gave me one. Hey, let's hug. All right. Praise God. There were some that made themselves glare at me. They, they didn't even have a little flinch like a little. They just. And I'm like. I'm smiling at you. I'm, really, I'm smiling. I'm, I'm smiling. I'm showing my teeth and all. And they're just. I said, that's okay. Again, as a pastor, a pastor's heart, I said, that's okay. It's all good. It's cool. You got a gift. You got a gift of stubbornness that you don't even know it's a gift. You feel like you're tough. You feel like you're tough. I'm telling you, it's a gift from God. At the end of the talk, I said, everybody, let's stand up. We're going to hold hands. We're going to pray. And I said, every one of you, every single one of y'all, y'all stubborn. Boy, y'all stubborn. And it's okay because you know what? I'm fixing to flip this whole thing around on you, and, re- and you're going to realize that you do have a gift. You do have a promise from God. You got greatness in you. You have greatness in you. Praise God you got greatness in you. And they're like, how? I don't feel great. And matter of fact, I don't even appreciate you saying that I'm great. I said, here's how you're great. You're stubborn. So let's just flip what we're stubborn about. You've been stubborn for the devil. Now, I had to explain this a few times to some of them because they're like, okay, for, against, I'm lost. I said, look, you're stubborn. Know that. You are stubborn. You will lock in and you will dig your feet in. You will dig your heels and say, I am not moving. Like the church song, I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. You sang it. And some of you didn't even realize that you were stubborn. Some of you didn't even realize that you shall not be, I shall not be moved. There's somebody right beside you in the pew saying, I shall not be moved. Praise God, I'm rooted and grounded in the word of God. And I'm not going to be moved off this rock. For it is my strength. He is my righteous tower. And I will not be moved. I will not fall for sin. I will be victorious and and everything will be great. And God's going to save me. Hallelujah. Praise God. I shall not be moved. Thank you, Jesus, for setting my foot on this firm foundation and this rock called the word of God. And right beside them is somebody saying, I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. I'm not. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of excited that y'all wrote a song for me at this church because I came in here not wanting to be moved. You sang a song that is perfect for me. I can sing that song with you. I shall not be moved. I will not be moved. I will not go to the altar. I shall not be moved. It's, hey, how do you, how are you responding? So in the context, the context that that word was used, it was used as a random draw. But I'm going to tell you this, just a different way to use the word lot. And I'm using this psalm that we're talking about. I shall not be moved. 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 Some of you are going through a lot. The lot 
has fallen on you. The randomness of Satan's attack. And he's like, I'm falling on you. I am attacking you. And you're going through that lot, that lot has fallen on you. And you are going through not a lot like we're talking about the draw. But you are literally going through a lot. Verse 7. It says the lot fell. If you could go back to verse 7. Uh, 3 and 7. In the twelfth year of King Xerxes, in the first month, the month of Nisan, they cast the poor. That is the lot in the presence of Haman to select a day and month. And the lot fell on the twelfth month, the month of Adar. How many would say my struggle, my life, hasn't felt very random? It's like the devil put his crosshairs on me. And you would say this, Pastor, I'm getting tore up over here. I am literally getting tore up. I'm dealing with so much. This cannot be chance. You're right. The devil is out to destroy you like he has been out to destroy the Jews. But we serve the King of Kings. The King is on our side. Go with me quickly to Romans. Go with me to Romans. Romans chapter 8. Verses 31 through 39. What then shall we say in the response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those from God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died? More than that, who was raised to life? Is it at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Everybody say, who shall? Shall trouble our hardship, our persecution, our famine, our nakedness, our danger, our sword. Amen and amen. The lot may have fallen on you. You may be dealing with a lot. I'm here to tell you today, it's time to fight a lot. It is time to gain back a lot. So that's the lot. I want to speak to you real quick on the plot. Number two, the enemy's plot. I want to go back and read Esther chapter 3, verses 8 through 13. Then Haman said to King Xerxes, There is a certain people dispersed and scattered among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom whose customs are different from those of all other people and who do not obey the king's law. It is not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them and I will put 10,000 talents of silver, let me just give you a bonus, king, because I want them bad, into the royal treasury for the men who carry out this business. So the king took his signet ring from his finger and gave it to Haman, son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. Keep the money, he said. I don't even need your money. The king said to Haman, and do with the people as you please. Then on the 13th day of the first month, the royal secretaries were summoned. They wrote out in the script of each province and in the language of each people all Haman's orders to the king's satraps, the governors of the various provinces and the nobles of the various people. These were written in the name of King Xerxes himself and sealed with his own ring. Dispatches were sent by couriers to all the king's provinces with the order to destroy, kill, and annihilate. That's the, that's the devil's plan for us and our children. All the Jews, young and old, women and little children, we've seen it with Hamas, and we know to this day, and we know right now that the devil is out to kill the man first. He's going after the woman. He's going after the children. 
He wants to chop off the head. But I'm going to tell you what, he's just as much interested in that child too because that child has got a great future. Satan's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. There is a plot. There is a scheme. But his plot and his scheme are about to be thwarted. Let's just get real. We're going to mess him up and we're going to jack him up. Can I get somebody to join with me right now? Let's all stand. There's been a change of plans. Look at your neighbors. You're standing right now. Say, there's been a change of plans. There's been a change of plans. Put the devil on notice today. There's been a change of plans. Number three. Number three, shots. And we're not taking shots like you thought when I said it. But we're fixing to take some shots. Church, it's time to hit back. And it's time to hit back hard. Things are about to change. The king sees you and he notices you. If you don't know the story of Esther, I would encourage you to go home today. Find some time this week and I want you to read from beginning to end. You can read it in about an hour, probably less than that. And it's a great story of a comeback. And I want you to know, the king was just doing what Haman brought to him. He didn't really even realize what was going on. But then, all of a sudden, the king's heart changed and he began to take notice of what so he says okay so Mordecai Mordecai is the one who saved me from this evil plot to kill me oh hold up Haman there's a change of plans hold on a second Haman change of plans I want to tell you this you serve the king of kings and just like King Xerxes saw what was really going on he had a change of plans. He had a change of heart. And I'm telling you today, church, if you will give God your heart, if you will give the King of Kings, the King, your heart, King Jesus, if you will give Him your heart, if you will give Him everything that you've been withholding, everything that you've been holding on to since you were a young adult, since you were just a child, and you've been sitting in church time and time again saying, I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. i got to ask you one question today. Why in the world not? Why? Why will you not be moved? I'm going to tell you what. The fight that you are put as you are pushing back on God, He's saying, I am ready to bless you and lift you up. I'm ready to get in the ring and literally have your hands. I'm fighting with you. I'm fighting with you. Can I get my altar workers just to come up here? If, you, if you're a minister in the house and if you, if you help pray with people, I need you to come up here and make your way up here right now. It's time to kill the Haman in your life. It's time to kill him. It's time to kill the devil. It's time to start throwing real punches and throwing real shots at the devil. This business of, I love God, he loves me, and we have an understanding that I give him so much, and then he gives me so much. I give him a little, and he gives me a little. I challenge this church body today that you would walk out of this place today knowing and fully committing to giving God. Let's start with a real start. More than you did yesterday. I realize giving everything to God for some of you is like a major step. Let's start somewhere. Give God more than you gave Him yesterday. 
And the next day, on Tuesday, you give Him more. You give Him more of your time. You read more of His Word. You pray more to Him. You need to pray and communicate with God. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that Your convicting power would begin to move in this place. Lord, for the man, for the woman who has turned their back on on You, has given their life to sin, that has maybe turned away and had a moment that they have slipped, Lord, I pray that You would stir up Lord, begin to stir up. Let your glory fall in this place, God. We need you to move in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, let your glory fall. We need your glory. We we need your conviction in this place in the name of Jesus. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If this is you today and you need an opportunity to come to an altar, I'm going to give you to the count of three. And we're not going to wait a long time. And if you've been thinking about it, I want you to come on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you, I want you to get out of your pew. I want you to come up. I want you to come up. Why? Why in the world not? Why in the world not? So come on. They're coming. They're coming. Let's give them some time to get here. Can we praise God and give give God some praise for those that are making a new commitment? Come on, church. Join with me and let's thank God for what He's about to do. Let's praise God right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. I need somebody to pray with these young men right here. Tim Cotton, come up here and pray with somebody. Come on. I need somebody to pray with these men. Come on, we got people with real needs. Real needs and real hurts. Everything is changing now. Change of plans. Everything is changing. It's a change of plans. Hallelujah, Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Miracles are breaking out. today now is the time now is the time in your pew wherever you're at here in the sanctuary raise your hands and surrender why don't we raise our hands it's a sign of surrender it's a sign of surrender just if, you, if all you can do is get one up just just i'm gonna just lord I, i'm gonna i'm gonna surrender lord, i give you i give you my heart god i'm just gonna surrender a little bit i'm telling you if you will give god a little bit he's gonna pour more on you
so that you could go to work Monday through Friday and make a good amount of money and supply for your family and be just a good dude. That's why God created you. Did you know that? Women, did you know that God created you to be able to just make a lot of money and buy nice things? No? Guess what? Hello. Hello. God created you to worship Him. And don't you know that there are thousands upon thousands that will be lost at the coming of the Lord because He says, I didn't even know you. You wouldn't worship me. You wouldn't lift your voice. You wouldn't shed a tear. You wouldn't bend a knee. You came to church every single Sunday. Congratulations on showing up every day. Congratulations on showing up on church every time. The whole time you were there, never met you. The whole time you were there, you never introduced yourself to me. I introduced myself to you every single Sunday from this pulpit with the Word of God. And you never stepped out to just say, you know what? Thank you for being here, God. Thank you. Just How about just thank you? Just thank you, God. Just thank you. Lord, I thank you. A simple thank you. You know that when my wife prepares a great meal and she puts it out on the table, the worst thing that I could ever do is come in there and just partake of it and walk out of the room and not ever say thank you. I'm going to tell you what. Don't make God bend over backwards. Don't make the pastor, don't make me just work my tail off to be to influence you and to try to give you something good every Sunday. Don't make it to me to where the pastor, you're saying, Pastor, impress me. Do a good sermon. Bring an AR-15 to church. Make us laugh. Do all the cool stuff, Pastor. Just make it fun for us. We want a cool sermon because I don't want a cool sermon. I want to be having a church full of people that are going to heaven in tune with the Spirit of God. If you didn't know it, I was on a soapbox right there for a second. So I'm going to just step off the soapbox and kick that thing in the back. Hey, I love you guys. I love you too much to watch anybody be like this. Because I know I was like this and I know what happens. When I went from like this to like this to to like this. And I finally said, Lord, I can't do it. God, I got to have you. I gave him everything. He actually gave me more than everything. I thought I knew what everything was. He gave me more than everything. We got a bat. We got baptisms that are ready to go. 
Praise God for more people coming into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Right here, we got some baptisms going on. Praise God. Upon your confession of faith and the obedience to the word of God, I baptize you in Jesus' name for the forgiveness of your sins. In Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Everything is changing now. Hallelujah. Everything is changing now. Yes, we praise the Lord. for the forgiveness of your sins in Jesus' name. Yes. Lord, everything is changing now. Yeah. I like to see yeah. everything is changing now. Praise God. Now. Praise God. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit Look of the Lord is here. Look at this man getting baptized. He's a man getting baptized. Upon your confession of faith and the obedience to the Word of God, I baptize you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, hallelujah. Here, oh, the Spirit of the Lord is here, and everything is changing now. Everything is changing now. Yes, the Spirit of the Lord is here. Right, we're going to take time for this. We're going to take time for this. Here. This is what it's all about. We got like three more. Praise God. Praise God. There's hope. The Holy Spirit spoke to me just a while ago and said, some of you out here need to watch this, and then you need to make that next step. Yes. If you want a fresh start in your life, this is the best place to start over again. Through Amen. the power of the name of Jesus. Just watch this. These people's lives will take on a new beginning once they come up out of that water to walk in newness of life. Some of you need to go to that water. You need to make up your mind to walk into that water in Jesus' name. Upon your confession of faith and the obedience to the word of God, I baptize you in Jesus' name for the forgiveness of your sins. In Jesus name. Yes, in Jesus' name. Obedience to the word of God, I baptize you in Jesus' name for the forgiveness of your sin. 
Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Look at this. get here a little bit earlier. This place is filling up, and it's filling up quick. Hey, thank you for your giving. Thank you so much for your giving. For those that are giving so much, listen, we got work to do. This is powerful. If you don't know, this is a miracle. Praise God. Go ahead, Julio. Go ahead. I'm sorry, son. Upon the confession of faith and the obedience to the Word of God, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. Yes. 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 Come on, worship him. Praise the name of Jesus. Just hug them and show them some of that good covenant God, kingdom of God love in Jesus' name. Amen. We love y'all. We are so glad you're here today. God bless you. I think there's about 12 or 13 that came today from that home today. We are so glad that you're here. Listen, you, thank y'all for hanging with us. For those of you who can stay a little bit longer, I believe somebody decided last second to get baptized and if somebody just says we just have another one and we have another one we just stay all right if anybody needs to if anybody needs to leave let's just say one prayer real quick lord in the name of jesus 
We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your anointing. I pray, God, that you would be upon each and every one that was here today. Bless them. Anoint them. Keep them. Let your face shine upon them. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus name. We love you. We love you so much. Oh, yeah. Upon your profession of faith in the obedience to the word of God, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. This is a miracle. This is a miracle. Let's freedom yes. in your presence. Yes.